0: Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by Sada for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Miles Ward. Hi, everybody. My name is Miles Ward. I'm CTO here at Sada Systems, and this is Cloud and Clear. This is our podcast exploring the nuance and detail of. SADA and our customers' explorations of Google Cloud, where we're all going to better understand and take advantage of this incredible platform and what that's doing to businesses around the world. I am super geeked about today's session. I think this is my fifth, uh, but uh, I I couldn't be more excited to have my man, DP from Sojourn. He is the Senior Director of Engineering, That is a senior with a big SR in front of it. Uh, maybe DP, you can give an introduction about. Sure, yeah, it. I think you did. You know, ninety-nine
1: percent of it. So, I think I have the distinct honor of being Miles's guest with the lowest number of Twitter followers. So, you know. <laughs> Hey, hey! Uh, so, as Miles mentioned, I'm the senior director of engineering at Sojourn, where I've been for almost six and a half years. Uh, you know, building some really cool things, and I've been very lucky to be on the Google Cloud uh, bandwagon since early 2014. So, you know, Miles and I got to meet, know each other over the uh, years since we started working with Seda, and I'm really excited to be here. Oh, that,
0: that is awesome. So. Uh, for everybody's context because it, it took us a while to figure out it too can you unpack sojourn what is it do you
1: sure yeah up? I'll give you a quick you know uh, 30 second version of it because uh, no one puts me in a marketing job for a very specific reason <laughs> sojourn is travels direct demand engine which is you know our speak for you have a, if you are a hotel, if you are a small hotel, especially, you have a case of perishable inventory. Uh, you know, your hotel rooms if no one stays there for the night, uh, you know, you're losing money on it. Sojourns, you know, value proposition is we connect the, you know, travelers to direct demand. We try to get the traveler from their dream of going to Hawaii to their destination of finding that right boutique hotel that they want. And we do that with large amounts of data, with signals we correct from different sources, you know, use uh, ML, use, you know, large amounts of data, data science, data engineering, and, you know, connect the dots. So that's what Sojourn does. My job at sojourn has been, you know, working on the data platform as a software engineer, uh, working on managing teams over the years, you know, c- converting platform for one, lang- one language to another, growing it uh, between different DSPs. Uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: <clears throat> language to another. Ooh, that sounds yeah. brutal.
1: Tough, like. Well, yeah, what? I mean, it sounds brutal, but, you know, for me, that was the, Best part. So ah. when I joined Sojourn, uh, we were a Ruby on Rails shop for all things front end, sure. and we were using Java uh, and a very specific way of using Java. Right. So we were using Java with. Juice and Guava for some things, Drop Wizard for some other things. And part of it, because, you know, some of the engineers who were there made those choices. And, you know, that was like my first experience working with Juice and Guava. And I was amazed how good that thing is. I mean, you know, Google mm-hmm. engineers did an amazing job building those tools in library. So we continued working with that because we were working with OpenRTB, uh, bitter, you know, Toolkit. Sure, and that sure. was Java, so you know we had to do Java, and that was kind of our foray into Google Cloud as well. Like, if you're using openbitter you had to be close to Google to meet the 100 millisecond latency. So you know we started using Google Cloud, and uh, over the years, uh, we just you know. Uh, we, ha- we had more data scientists. Data scientists, you know, were more comfortable using Python. So we built part of the platform using Python, like, you know, all the ML uh, pieces so that, you know, data scientists can freely contribute without having to deal with, you know, ML in Java, which is no one's favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that was, you know, one migration, which is very organic, right? No, it wasn't forced on anyone's throat, like, you know, it, People came, you know, the team came up with it and team went with it. And, you know, we made the tooling around it to make it all successful. Then phase two was like, you know, some of the services now were written in Python, but we're running into performance issues because, you know, Python is great uh, and Python can be highly performant. Like, I don't want to start a flame bar. Python can be highly performant. But, you know, uh, dealing with uh, something that is sending like tens of thousands of requests to, you know, some DSP a second, you, Probably want more concurrency and more parallelism, uh, and you know here's a plug for that. Rob Pike's talk about concurrency and parallelism are different thing, which is really great. You know everyone should listen to it. Uh, so I you know it took a chance on Go at that point. This is like back in 2015 where we had some extra cycles, uh, and it was super easy to convert a basic Python you know service into a Go service. Like it took one weekend to do that, and again you know it was very organic. Like uh, the engineers who were You know, involved in the code review, they were like, "Oh yeah, this is cool. We can you know start doing more things in Go." So again, the migration turned into like, "Okay, we have we are we have some services that are in Python or in Java. I think Go is a better fit for it. We are adding new features or rewriting them. Let's turn that into Go." And that uh, led to uh, you know a mishmash of Java, Go, Python, and Ruby on Rails, which is okay but not great. You know, you. languages to a, you know, a manageable amount. So we decided to like, you know, uh, kind of nix on Ruby and Rails because everyone was gravitating towards Python for all things front-end and all things data engineering and all things ML. And for anything like, you know, real time, anything, you know, high throughput, low latency, it sure. like a natural choice. So we went with that. Yeah, it was great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the you know, abstracted inside of that yeah. is you know, when you talk about it, it's so obvious and clear that you had these requirements, and they, they were presented to you as a result of challenges. And you 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 dove into the technologies that seemed like the best fit at the time, and you adopted them and, and took on that change. I mean, there are a huge number of businesses who would be listening to this podcast going, "I I can't change like that." Did he talk about? Was he talking about twenty six years? Oh, he said six years. Jesus. So I I think there's. Hey, you know, there's a story inside of that story about, you know, did it did it feel natural inside the business to change at that kind of rate? Was it just like, oh yeah, this is how we always have been? Or did you have to kind of spur people forward and be like, we gotta do this, we gotta go?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And look, I, I've been very fortunate uh at Sojourn to have that level of support from, you know, everyone. Uh when, you know, and I think just to use another example of something like this, so Switching from one language to another, it is a big deal. Like, you know, no one just goes in and says like, okay, I'm going to start using Go tomorrow. And, you know, you need tooling around it. You need, you know, uh, make sure that the code quality, like, you know, you need to retrain everyone. You need to retrain everyone's brain so you're not like reinventing Java in Go. Uh, fortunately, the team, you know, uh, the engineers at Sojourn, uh, they're f- phenomenal in terms of, you know, uh, embracing the change and championing the change and from leadership it was never even a question of like why are we doing this it was like okay well you know if this is right this is right so you know again another example of that is like you know we uh, we've been on the kubernetes uh, we've been using kubernetes for uh, since it's been around so when kubernetes came out like you know gk yeah. in beta on uh, in 2015 we started using it uh, pretty early on and it's been it, just the best experience uh, since we started. And no one at sojourn said, why are we doing this? Let's not do this. It was like, okay, this sounds cool. You know, our CTO, then CTO Jeremy was like super supportive of this. Our CEO Mark has been extremely supportive of all of these efforts. So and now our, you know, VP of engineering and data science, like Carl Liva I mean, if, there has never been a day where we are like okay why are we doing this it's more like okay cool that sounds like fun we need to do this and you know it aligns with everything we're trying to do so anything we can do to keep our hands out of the messy things it's better for us
0: yeah yeah and you know i think there's there's a lot of customers that we work with Mm -hmm. that struggle with more burden than that right that have that have opposition at senior leadership, or they, they struggle with, you know, pre-existing relationships or contractual stuff that makes things complicated. So it's, it's, and, you know, I think what we saw when we were working together was just how performant Sojourn is as a business, as a result of that flexibility and capability, right? This is a fast moving market space. There's a zillion competitors, but right? mm-hmm. Like it's, it's an intense moment. I mean, what, what, you know, do you think that, the flexibility that you were able to bring to the problem has enabled you to be competitive?
1: I, I think so. I, I I absolutely think so. I mean, I uh, there used to be a customer testimonial that I wrote on Google Cloud's customer pages. I, I was trying to find it. I wasn't able to. Uh, <laughs> like, got, Wait a minute.
0: We can't Google it? Like, come on, something's yeah. not uh,
1: on. You can Google it, but you can't go to it. It apparently links to the Google Spanish version. And it's, you know, so... I, I need I to see. talk to you know uh, will about that but uh, yes, to answer your question, the flexibility has been hugely uh, helpful for us. Uh, we were able to move fast uh, and without breaking things uh, for the most part because of you know how supportive the team was and how you know strong the platform was. I mean the reason we you know switched all of our workloads to Google Cloud, no, was not because it was a fun exercise and you know I wanted to get some you know practice on my, my kinesis keyboard, like yeah. get my keystroke count up, right? It was because you know we needed a new solution for our data warehousing needs. Now when the problem was posed to us, because our you know our data warehouse used to be in our data center back in Omaha, uh, on a, you know, we were running our own Hive cluster and, you know, for those who have run their Hive clusters and those who continue to run their own Hive clusters, props to you, that is not an easy job. Uh-huh. You know, it takes a lot right. time to, you know, make it run well, uh, like grow it because, you know, you can't just grow overnight. You need to provision new hardware, you need to get switches, you need to make sure that everything is like, you know, set up properly. It, it's a lot of effort. Now, you do the same thing, but on BigQuery where you load up your data and just, you know, Press and go, and it just works. And that that level of flexibility allows you to, you know, really move uh, to address, you know, uh, changing landscape in the business. So you can say, like, okay, all of a sudden our data volume has grown tenfold for just this one weekend because we are working with on a new partnership with someone who is, you know, going to give us a lot of data. Uh, like eight eight terabytes just showed up. What are we gonna do with it? Do we, are we we don't need to buy hardware. We can just put it in GCS, load it up in BigQuery, and you know, there you go. So that flexibility both on Google's side and you know from our leadership teams you know support has been hugely helpful for us.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there there's a lot of customers that we're working with where you know BigQuery has been the kind of magic superpower right? It it, it it's not possible for it to get enough press right? The things no. that that product can do is think, so insane. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. I mean I I think BigQuery is is almost Google does a uh, undersells it. I, mm-hmm. I don't think people fully realize how powerful that thing is. Uh, I mean, I you know I remember doing the demo of BigQuery to my wider team, like, you know, we, or one weekend we were like, okay, let's just export everything we have in, you know, this uh, HDFS to, you know, convert that to new line, delimited, delimited mm-hmm. GSM, move it to GCS and load it up in BigQuery. And then we were just doing like side by side of like, okay, this is the same query you're running on Hive and this is the same query you're running on BigQuery. Mm-hmm. That's like the pure, like, okay, this is a mind-blown moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And do you mean I don't have to worry about mappers and reducers anymore? I'm like, yeah, you don't have to worry about mappers and reducers now. I mean, yeah, there are slots and all everything, but just don't worry about that.
0: Yeah, no, it, we're working we're working with a bunch of different customers and it, it is, there are plenty of moments that are magical as they experience some of these products, but, but BigQuery is just, the numbers are right there, so we're working on another project, and we, you know, you know, customer has a giant Hadoop infrastructure, right? And super, super motivated about maintaining that skill set, and all, you know, they, they, all of their communication to us is about their investment in it, and uh, we show that moving that onto DataProc, which is a great product on the Google side for running Hadoop, you know, they, they, they shave off just over eight percent. On total cost of ownership that's pretty you know like hey who doesn't want to save eight percent the queries on bigquery were 79 times faster yeah 79 times right like it's it's just it's 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 the kind of thing like google talks about a lot with x where it's like well this is this is a multi-billion dollar opportunity so i don't even really need to write up a business plan for it because it's such an obviously incredibly good idea of course we would invest what do you mean like so
1: exactly and you know uh, if you had said uh, okay uh, we're going to replace this with something it's going to be 79 times faster i'd be like okay whatever just you know, stop joking with me. I haven't had my coffee yet. You know, let's talk after coffee. Like, five years ago, if I hadn't when I hadn't used BigQuery. Uh, now, it seems like, yeah, of course, it's 79 times faster. I'm surprised sure. it's not 800 times faster because it's there is some magic going on behind the scenes behind the BigQuery console. There's, like, some elves doing elvish things, but it works. Like, you know, all the props to, like, you know, the team leads and people who built that. Uh, it is by far my favorite product. Like, when someone asked me, like, why we picked Google Cloud, I was actually on a flight to Ireland uh, some time ago, and person sitting next to me, like, you know, saw me on my laptop doing something, he's like, oh, you know, what do you think? I'm like, oh, this is my just uh, cloud console. I'm, you know, uh, making sure that uh, something I I was uh, doing, you know, is done Mm -hmm. or not. They're cool. You guys use AWS? I'm like, no, this is Google Cloud. And, you know, I have used AWS as well. Sure. And, he was surprised like why I was using this. And I was like, well, you know, just the two things, you know, BigQuery and Big Table. If you can get me BigQuery and Big Table, I really don't need anything else. Yeah. It, it, you know, once you have once you realize that you don't have to worry about edge based nodes or oh, anything. Yeah. Just like spawn five or six node big table and you know, just forget that it exists. Just yeah. keep throwing data at it. It's a pretty magical moment in your life.
0: Yeah. No. Jordan Tagani and the whole BQ team, you know, has done incredible things, uh, you know, and for folks in the audience, this is the sound uh, when some that somebody makes when they actually know what they're talking about. So when DP says like, hey, you know, I thought you have said a higher number, like 70, 79 doesn't sound all that high. Like uh, he is correct. That was the worst result from our testing which we used for our analysis because we wanted to make sure that we were being conservative in our comparison. The best one was a thousand and four times faster. Yeah. Uh, right? But you can't it. say that so out loud for people that don't understand the platform. They're yeah. like, yeah, BS, I don't believe you at all, right? You're like, "Uh, tr- uh try it, right? Like, yeah. and it is it, it is definitely a thing. So, you know, I, th- I think we've kind of backed our way into talking about your stack, which is great because mm-hmm. I'm a stack dork, right? So. Yeah. You know, there's Kubernetes, where you're landing applications of a couple of different languages. Mm-hmm. They're in talking to Big Table and, and then a bunch of those rows are making their way over to BigQuery, where you can do analytics on that. Uh, any other sort of major building blocks oh, that have been
1: critical? This is my favorite thing to talk about. OK. understand. Uh, okay. slow it down. Um, and I'll have to slow down the way I speak. So. Uh- <laughs> We One of my favorite things about uh, Google Cloud when I started using it was, you know, GCLB. Like when we mm-hmm. came about, you have a single global IP and you can put all of your, you know, like glo- we have globally distributed, uh, uh, you know, cluster of uh, Kubernetes, you know, Kubernetes mm-hmm. clusters where we start ingesting data. Once that comes in, it all goes on PubSub, which is by far one of my favorite products. And, you know, oh. Kir is, I mean, he's a rock star. Oh, yeah. And the team.
0: And by using those two products, right? Like you've just slipstreamed into the first two services that are built from internal alphabet level tools, right? So, I bet you the load balancer works pretty good because every ad flows through it. And I bet you the, the queuing mechanism is probably pretty solid because every ad bid flows through it, right? Like...
1: PubSub is insane. I mean, so I think I sent a note to care after we switched to PubSub. Before PubSub, we were a very bunch of very rabid, rabid MQ family. Like, we don't speak mm-hmm. of anything else. We are a rabid family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, la- November of, like, 2018, I was in Ireland uh, to spend time with my team and, like, you know, uh, the lead uh, lead SRE there and I decided to upgrade our Rabbit server because you know it was super old and we we're like okay this is one of those things that hasn't been upgraded in some time let's bounce it and by the time we were done we were never never able to recover it like it was slow all of a sudden it wasn't working and we had Rabbit in a hub-spoke topology like using shovels so. That next weekend, we were like okay this is not working we can't fix it we can't figure it out we've tried everything we even worked with you know like cloud solution architects and you know no one was able to see why rabbit wasn't working the way it was working a week ago so we switched our go libraries from you know pointing to rabbit to pointing to pubsub and within like one day we switched from rabbitmq to pubsub and since then no one has ever looked at pubsub it just works is one of yeah. those things that you don't have to worry about it. We go from like gigabytes to terabytes of traffic. And, you know, again, we're not worried about it. So, you know, pubs up, I'm a huge fan. You know, if anyone needs a customer testimonial for PubSub, up <laughs> happy to provide it. I'm a it huge.
0: Is, fan. On DP's door. That, it, yeah. you're, you're highlighting a spot where, you know, I, and I, and I think it's a part of the feedback I give to mm-hmm. Googlers now, even as a, as an independent third party that, um, I, I want access to all the infrastructure primitives, right? Like it would actually be pretty groovy to go in and see the logs on the backend instances of a pub sub node, mm-hmm. you know, like that might inform other decisions or thoughts that I'm making. It'd be pretty awesome to understand kind of the scaling logic and the cool bits that are happening inside mm-hmm. of BigQuery. But those values are tiny in comparison to deleting those problems from my mind. Yeah, part.
1: just like, you don't there're plenty of
0: Just want someone else to take and, all of those things are either in in the traffic flow, scary, risky, or storage, scary, risky. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, take, dude, please take my state. Yeah,
1: take don't, state. They, to my head. Like, you know, I, I, you clearly have better, you know, minds at work there. Uh, Yeah, huge fan. So... Anyway, I, I digress uh, because I love PubSub so much. So once data is on PubSub, you know, it comes to our central, you know, data center where we process things, and you know, that's one of the US central regions. Um, there, we have one of our largest, you know, Kubernetes clusters with you know thousands of uh, CPU cores and you know like terabytes of RAM. That's where we are hosting everything. So we are hosting. Our big table in that region. We are hosting a Dataflow pipelines in that region. We are hosting our, you know, Elasticsearch cluster that's hosted on Kubernetes in the same region. Uh, Cloud SQL instances. Uh, everything is right there. I mean, few things we don't use anymore. Like we don't use DataProc anymore because you know Dataflow does the job. We do uh, yep. You know, other other than that, like we use quite a few services. Uh, we started using recently Cloud ML for you know our ML needs, and it's all working. Just as you would expect, just works out of the box. We don't have to worry much about the you know the infra pieces of things. Uh, so, uh, been a really uh, interesting experience. Like you know, adding one service at a time to our stack. Like uh, quite recently, you know, we decide uh, we had enough projects where and with enough employees like managing state on. Uh, <clears throat> Managing state on on cloud was becoming, you know, more of a challenge than it used to be. Like we, you know, we wanted to make sure that all, everything like IAM uh, was properly uh, in sure. the code base rather than someone going into the console and modifying it, right? So, right. We we switched to Terraform about a year and a half ago, where mm-hmm. everything within our you know cloud infrastructure is managed to a single Terraform you know repository, and it's part of our monorepo. So it all just you know works, right? Uh, and with that all like 50 plus, 100 plus, however many projects we have, they're all managed with Terraform. Uh, if you need access to a bucket, if you need access to a project, it's a CL that you have to create and get it, gets merged, applied, and then, you know, you get access to that resource, which is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, There's there are so, so many places that are trying to see Uh, you know, I, I, I think of it like, um, I was a terrible, shitty, ultra terrible PHP developer, right? Like made some of the most horrible, horrible kludgy hacks you have ever imagined. And, uh, and I, then I read automatics source for WordPress and WordPress isn't, you know, the miracle of all miracles, but it was light years ahead of the software that I was putting together and to just be able to see kind of their view of an application end to end is like oh okay 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 I get it I get it that that is yeah. a much more so sensible structural approach I think I, 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 I I'm trying to figure out a better way to put in front of you know modern enterprise big scale shops like this is what infrastructure as code looks like for you end to oh, end yeah right so you can really see the whole mama. And it's not like, here's a demo of this one thing that I turned on and off. It's like, no, no I don't even understand what it looks like when I'm managing 7,000 projects and I got 200 developers and different lanes. You know, like the, at, at big, I think this stuff gets really daunting. It's the same as like really early on in the AWS console. We had never seen customers that had thousands of hosts. Exactly. So you couldn't scroll that far in the instance count list. And the Netflix folks called and said, like, uh we can't get to the bottom of your little UI thing here. And we're like, oh, okay, sorry. Right. So there's just stuff where all, as all of this gets bigger. Yeah. Tools got to catch up, right? I
1: mean, yeah, we, we had to do that because like you said, you know, we were not able to manage our infrastructure. Like when it was just like three or four projects and, you know, me and like eight other uh, engineers, we were like, okay, yeah, this is easy enough. We, we know exactly what everything is. After we have 50 plus projects, uh, each class each project has like multiple Kubernetes clusters with different workloads spread across different projects, it just becomes untenable. So now it's all you know part of a single repository where you know there's customized fly files and you know uh, Kubernetes you know manifests all just just in the right place, where if you run like a top-level apply, it makes the world the way it's in the infrastructure. So if it's you know if it's not in the if it's not checked in, it doesn't exist. That's the mentality. Which is yeah. pretty powerful
0: yeah it was great i like there's this balancing act right you 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 want a provider to give you user interfaces web interfaces for all those things that you're going to do like exactly one time right like i i am not gonna create the the org node for my whole company 50 times a day so that it has an api is important just for sort of consistency but like it's you really got to sort of make sure the web interface for that is pretty tidy the flip side of that is like you know there would never be a useful web interface for enqueuing a single object into pubsub like that would just be silly so so one of the things that like i was just going back and forth with one of the firebase guys about um how it remains complicated to use firebase hosting for uh, you know, for a web-based user to go through and create a flat static site and get some objects exp- exported and be able to expose all that stuff. And he's like, well, yeah, you just go to the CLI. I'm like, uh, <laughs> my mom sure doesn't, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of those tools that don't work that way. Where, where, you know, if we've gone through all the good news, like where in the platform have, do you still find friction? Where, where should friction. we go make fun of the Google so, site, right? Uh,
1: I, I think, the, you know, the balancing, the you know, just walking the line that's critical right so there are, there are parts where i'm just too too worried too paranoid to automate everything for example sure. like big table big table is excluded from our terraform configuration because i don't want it to accidentally get piped out i sure. know it's not going to happen but you know i'm just keep your hands off of big table that's our rule and you know we keep it restricted to uh, some users because you know it is such a powerful tool it has are hundreds of terabytes of data that if you lose, then we are so, you know, so (laughs) trouble that I don't even know what to think about that. That, you know, gives me BGVs. So when you say friction, you know, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like as much as I love Bigtable, and I've, you know, I've talked to the Bigtable PMs over like at GCP Next multiple times. And, you know, they have given me assurances that there is an internal backup that you can, Mm you know, restore. But like Bigtable is just something that worries me because Mm. I, it's not visible to me I, and and I, I now i know that ba- backup is becoming more uh available in the user interface where you can take snapshots but that you know when something is that powerful you're just worried about losing all of it in an instance and then you know just the hell raining down oh, yeah. oh
0: yeah cuz they got to they got the backups for spanner that yes. got done right yeah. and you're like okay so You know the button I want, just give me that button.
1: You know, make it visible for me so I can say, okay, weekly schedule snapshot so I can sleep easy at night. Uh, So, you know, things like little things like that, just to, you know, uh, make me sleep better at night. And uh, monitoring was like my big, big, big uh, complaint for a long time. Like, hey, can you you please not make me go to the Stackdriver URL, just keep it in the same console. And now it's there, so is logging. So like everything that I've, you know, over the years asked for as features, like, you know, despite us being pretty small customers in the grand scheme of things, it all comes up eventually. Like, you know, friction is slowly getting reduced, uh, you know, as as days, you know, weeks, as months pass by. Um, These days, you know, things that I genuinely care about is like, okay, can we have a Go SDK for Dataflow that, you know, really works, that's like fully supported because I really don't want to, you keep python around in my stack just for data flow I'd very yep. much like to move away from that but Goa has its own limitations when it comes to you know generics which is a minefield that I do not want to walk over <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah no there's there you know we we've struggled a bunch with uh, you know like that whole part of the the infrastructure system right i mean data flow cloud composer y- you know data fusion, which is like they're all independently, they're beautifully done. Like they work great and they're rad and like, but I, I you know, I need to consume at a layer of abstraction above that, yeah. right? I, I want something that just rolls all, you know, the workloads that I'm trying to do, like, so you talked early on about about interacting with the real-time bidding engine when I, uh, or the open, uh, open mm-hmm. bidder. Uh, when I started, I was like, hey, I, I think I'm going to be in charge of the solution stuff. And They're like, oh, OK, awesome. We already have a solutions page. Are you going to add to that? I was like, well, let me take a look at this page. And it had uh, instructions for installing Hadoop uh, and instructions for standing up the open bidder. Because there was like one guy who was all fired up about bidding. And he had like written out this like enormous architecture diagram and every one of the individual pieces. And he had like all the mapping. So, so those were the two solutions total, you yep. in Google Cloud at the time. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about friction. And, you know, and, and the kind of building blocks that, you, that you're using, there's, you know, as we're in this kind of unusual time where everybody's sort of schedule gotten messed up, I was expecting to be t- doing a bunch of interviews talking about all the amazing announcements at Google Next, <laughs> but like, oh, wait a minute, they, they pushed it out this direction. And, and now it's now it's something that's happened in July. We're, we're kind of pulling together a, uh, like a mystery science theater, 3,000, yeah, uh-huh. t- you know, talk about the talks, feedback, oh, feedback, snark away. So uh maybe uh maybe it might be a thing okay, you want to come web on and be. Soup,
1: you know, web soup, Joel McHailoff, you know, commenting, not commenting. That's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, it should be so maybe if, if you want, we'll we'll figure out one that's Either it's on Dataflow, we can give them a bunch of shit about not having reasonable Go things worked I out.
1: Mean, they, they know, and you know, they, I I don't want to give Dataflow team any shit. Like they, no,
0: because they, they built the beautiful thing. Like congratulations, yeah, Dataflow. Great job. And I yeah.
1: mean, like you know, Cloud Composer is on my wish list. I, I've talked to the you know the engineers who are working on Cloud Composer, and my only request was please make it better because mm-hmm. like, Cloud Composer is one tool that I don't look forward to using. But you know, I. Uh, airflow in general i don't look forward to using all of our you know dags are part of you know jenkins because mm-hmm. we know that it it is unbelievably reliable it works it just mm-hmm. works you know you don't have to worry about restarting you don't have to worry about like you know reruns there's like it's easy to grok it's easy to keep checked in so i just want something that's built by google internally that does you know schedule workloads better that's- well,
0: right, like <laughs> Google has that. It's called yeah. Borg, Borg, CFG, and you don't want it. <laughs> it's, oh. a, it's horrible! <laughs> it's the whole reason they built Kubernetes, right? Like to not have to teach anybody how to use Pardon. Borg CFG. So uh, one one other uh, a tool to look at um, that we've been we've been looking mm-hmm. around is made by a bunch of ex Airflow folks called Prefect. That's Ooh. like Air, it's kind of airflow that doesn't suck and goes faster. Like the, the thing we ran into with Airflow is that the five minute loop is BS. Like I'm gonna wait and watch this thing. Like it, I I think it's 2020. I think we do things in milliseconds now. Like go with your five minutes. It's adorable. So that that was a big unlock for us. A couple of our customers were, were
1: okay, interested. Okay, we'll definitely look into that. We we, we tried out Argo for a little bit and yeah. It didn't, you know. We use it for some of our Kubeflow pipelines, but okay. we are not, you know, aggressively using the cross across the board for all of our scheduling needs. Sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. There's. They, I don't know whether, you know, Cloud Composer just does a V2 and wraps Prefect, or or Google breaks out and builds another API for this stuff. But like, there that scheduling thing is a thing. It's just
1: yeah, it's a pesky thing still.
0: Yeah. All right. It, yeah, you know, any last bits you want to tell our audience? I thought this was super constructive. I really
1: enjoyed it. You know, I can be your Dennis to your Jon Stewart anytime. <laughs>
0: Perfect. I'm in. Sold. Okay. All right. Well, well, everybody listening in, thank you so much. Uh, we have, you can, I don't know where you click on the thing that you're listening to, but you should subscribe if you liked this one. Uh, you know, it sounds like DP needs more Twitter followers, so <laughs> but certainly you should follow him because he's twice as smart as I am. So I'm um, looking forward to uh Uh, Looking forward to the next conversation.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Miles. Cheers. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Cloud & Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud & Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.